life. You're born into the world, you grow, you mature, you go to college, you start a career and a family. It looks like everything goes as planned. Or does it? Thank you all for tuning in for the latest episode of The Glory in Our Stories. I've noticed over the past 103 episodes that, again, the ratio of men to women interviewees are 1 to 10. I'm personally seeking to change that. I reached out to a few fellas in this local ministry called MIT, which stands for Men in Training, to ask if anyone minds sharing their journey. One of the first to respond was Javaris Jones with whom I had more in common than I thought. Check it out. Well, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to the latest episode of The Glory in Our Stories. I'm your host, Calvin Wayne Pinoet Jr. Uh, today I have a guest uh, by the name of Javaris Jones. Um, we actually uh, attend a small men's group called MIT, which is Men in Training, and we are a part of this, um, this mass, tech, mass text group where we communicate and we also have a, a, a Facebook presence, uh, MIT. And um, I was reaching out to the fellas and asking them uh, who will be interested in being on the podcast because um, almost for every guy I interview, I end up interviewing, interviewing 10 women. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to, you know, diversify uh, the, uh, the uh, demographic, about to say uh, geographic, uh, demographic of the show because... I think it's very vital to have points of views from all different types of people. Hmm. Um, but I'm, I'm always curious as to know where men are in their lives, where they've been, where they plan on going. And uh, Javaris was one of the first to reach out. Um, he sent me uh, his Instagram account. And um, the, the video that did catch my attention was, not everything is for you. Um, something, and within that, within that nature, and that, and that is that is so true. That's something that I personally had to learn uh, on my own because we get so caught up on looking at other people and thinking that what they have we should, uh, when that's not always the case. Uh, but Javaris, I really think appreciate you uh, stopping by. I really appreciate your time, man. Hey, man, I thank you for just the opportunity. Um, it's it's crazy. Uh, just just I'm checking out a couple of your episodes and I'm just like man like a lot of stuff that you're saying is either I've been there or I'm I'm currently going through yeah so I I just appreciate the opportunity to even discuss you know my story <laughs> yeah so uh, speaking of your story where where did it start where were you born like did you grow up here in Augusta oh no so I'm military uh, in the Air Force so here at Fort Gordon. Um, I'm from Jacksonville, Florida, born and raised. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, you know, for people who know Duval County, that's that's what I rep. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so 
I've been here, I'll say here in Augusta for about a total of 11 years out of my 17 years in the military. Mm -hmm. uh, me and my family, I'm married with three kids. Been married for, let me get this right, 14, 13 years, 14 years. Congrats, <laughs> bro. Yeah, appreciate it, man. No uh, got a college student. He's at Savannah State. Uh, and then my two, my daughter and my Sorry. son. You have a college student. I know. <laughs> Are you serious, bro? I, I'm, I'm super serious. Wow. Yeah. I, I have a 19-year-old son. He just turned 19 in February. Wow, man. I know. How do you feel about that? Not ready. Yeah. Uh, I think that's <laughs> the best way to sum it up because I'm, I'm 30, 35, about to be 36 this year. So yeah. I remember like it was yesterday when I was his age. Wow. So being obviously being the adult and, and being the, the God, so to speak, uh, the guide, not God, the yeah. guide, so <laughs> to speak, it's just like, man, I'm actually gotten a, another not only human being, but another man. Yeah. Um, when I'm still trying to figure out life. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, we'll kind of I guess we'll get into that later. But I didn't I didn't grow up with a father, with, with my real father. Mm -hmm. um, and so I'm in a, in a patch where I'm like. I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, so, but yeah, how I feel about it is it's, it's humbling. Um, it's, it's challenging, but it's rewarding at the same time. Kind of like marriage. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the beautiful thing about what you just said is that you were being transparent. You said, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> and a lot of us men going back to looking at people and assuming that it should be a certain way because it looks like they have it together. So mm -hmm. maybe I need to be there in order to be to be handling my marriage or to handle my career the way I should. Mm -hmm. But it sounds like you're like you're like everyone else. You're still trying to figure it out. Um, mm -hmm. But at the same time, you're obviously a lot stronger than you were mm -hmm. years ago, even at your your oldest son's age. Yeah. Um, so. Um, it's, it's, oh, I'm sorry. No, no, go it's, ahead. It's, it's crazy because I, I like to see things that they happen in stages. Yeah. Um, and I like just preparing. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a person that likes to be prepared and structured. Yeah. So I'm over here, you know, last night I'm like, okay, how am I going to intro? What's going to be the start? I want it to be, you know, natural, but I don't want to come in there and be fumbling over my words. So I just started writing uh, and I started a fast this week. So yeah. I'm trying to ask God for a guide into what the next steps are of my mm -hmm. life because I feel he has a specific purpose for me. Uh, and I'm one of those people, Let me. I'm a perfectionist, yeah. so let me see what the end's going to be so I can make sure I'm taking all the right steps. And I think he just wants me to be in a place to just take the next step, yeah. just take the next step. And I think you talked about that in surpassing uh, all understanding. But so now I'm at a stage of just surrendering and just being open uh, but at the same time not not beating myself up if i don't move at a certain time or if it doesn't look like someone else or you know if i don't do the right things or what i perceive to be the right things because they all work out in the end mm -hmm. so. so is this the so how did you view yourself when you were younger like has that changed since then you still find yourself feeling like that little boy or how Man. do you feel i i think so um, one of the things I wrote down last night was I struggle with self-confidence, yeah. and I still do yeah. uh, to an extent. 
I get that. But growing up, um, I think I, I didn't, I didn't know who I was. I, I, I knew what my capabilities were, yeah. but just that confidence. Uh, I won't say I lack self-esteem. I just lack that self-confidence. I'm a naturally introverted person. I'm a quiet person mm-hmm. until you get to know me, and then you can't shut me up. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think that still comes out now. Um, and you get to, I, I personally get to a point where it's like I have to overcome that. I have mm-hmm. to be willing to step out on faith. I have to be willing to just step up. Um, and it's not that a lot of people will hear that and they think of leadership, but that's one of my, my strengths is leadership. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when you contrast that with my struggle, which is perfectionism and lack of self-confidence, it sometimes can, can overpower the other. Yeah. Uh, so I think my, my purpose is leadership. Uh, well, I'm sure now that my purpose is leadership, but in what aspect, aspect does God want me to execute that and what, what is that next step? The funny thing about that was I keep telling my wife all the time, and she has, and, um, from her, in her family, uh, the concept of birth order um, has no effect on how they interact or anything, um, but she's the oldest. Mm-hmm. And I'm the youngest in mine. So being the youngest and being a boy, you get to this point where you're so used to things going a certain way and you don't, well, at least for me, I didn't see myself as a potential leader because I was always following. I was always receiving hand-me-downs. I was always the one. I was always on the recipient end of wisdom, advice, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But I would never saw myself as somebody to give it. And being a a obvious being a man of god you realize that being a a man in itself you are a born leader and when you finally accept that but be a leader in the way you were created to be opposed to these Mm -hmm. idealistic concepts uh, that say you're supposed to do this and be this way Mm -hmm. um, that's something that i had to figure out over the last few years Mm -hmm. and me i'm 235 and i'm like a lot of this stuff I'm still now acknowledging and that and then it's that idea of man I think I should have been farther alone mm-hmm. because of my age <laughs> and because of where I'm where I'm at but it sounds like we both have come to that idea that we're we're okay with still learning yes and being concrete in where we are based off where we were mm-hmm. so i Totally, totally agree. I, I think for me, um, I, I would say about two years ago. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm not going to get into the details, but uh, it was something I had been struggling struggling with for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, nothing like, it's bad, but it's not like terrible. Yeah. Um, and it was constro- uh, control. And I remember that night I was sitting up in my bed and I was just angry. I was just mad, I was just frustrated. And... For the first time, I was just, I just asked God, why am I frustrated? And I wish I could say a voice came and talked to me, but it didn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I did what I usually don't do, and is I open my Bible and I just start searching for things on anger. You know that you can on your Bible mm-hmm. app, you can search for like topics or whatnot. I usually don't do that. I usually just read the Word and God grants me what I need. But yeah. it, it took me to anger, and it took me to all. It took me down this this path for about thirty minutes, and it was like control Mm. the reason why you're so upset at 
that thing is because you can't control what happened, what was, and what will be. Yeah. And that it was just like a light had flashed. My wife had been telling me this for the longest. That's usually what happens. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't struggle with control. Yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> because I'm thinking control is trying to tell somebody what to do. And mm. it's for, for me, it's not that. It was the fear. It was based on fear. Yeah. So based on my fear, and you can tell me if I'm talking too much. No, no, go ahead, bro. I'm but based on that fear that I think goes back to my childhood that you mentioned, mm-hmm. uh, with not having a father, with I'm I'm the oldest, yeah. uh, being stuck with you know certain responsibility and, and this and that, that fear of messing up or things not being, I'll say the way that in our heads it should be, mm-hmm. um, that prompts me to and I say still like currently it still prompts me to want to control what will be so it's got to be perfect um okay I just use my son saying we want you to be a good person okay you got to make sure that you on time you got to make sure you're doing this you got to make sure you're doing that and what I don't realize is I've taken the beauty of the journey and I've made it um you know kind of something that people don't want to travel to include self and for me, that has led to procrastination in some cases yeah. because I don't know what the ending is going, going to be or I'm, fear has paralyzed me to a point that I don't move. Um, and, you know, the leader of our of our MIT group, me and him go back. We know each other. And he always says, man, I know you got some menu. And it hasn't been until the recent year, year and a half, two years. And I'm like, OK. I don't know what it's going to be, but let, let me just step out and say I'm ready to do whatever. Yeah. And I think that's the, that, uh, that, that those two words, I'm ready. And I, I always picture God just sitting there, standing there, and the moment you say, I'm ready, he's like, now we can get to work. <laughs> exactly. And because as soon as that happens, stuff's just coming out of nowhere. And it makes you understand, it, at least for me, it's not that I was waiting on you. You waiting on me. Mm-hmm. Like you had already completed whatever it is that I'm looking for. And all you are just waiting for me to say, I'm gonna let you handle it. And that's exactly what has happened. That's what had led up to that, that episode, surpassing all understanding. Mm-hmm. Um, because it was just a piece that came, I didn't ask for it. I was just telling my mom about that today. I didn't ask for this piece. I asked for something else. Mm-hmm. I asked for something more direct. Like this is what this is what make me happy. This will make me happy. And I told my mom, I said, no, what God does is that sometimes you ask him. He's like, you know what? I'm gonna give you something better. Mm-hmm. So he did that because he said this will satisfy all that other stuff that you want or you think you want. Mm-hmm. But if I give you this, it's gonna uh, manipulate how you view this, how you view that, and it's gonna put you in a mindset of you know what. I'm tired of this resistance because I'm the resistance. Yep. Exactly. That's me. And I, I, I just need to move out of the way. <laughs> move out of your own way. Yeah, man. <laughs> just move out of the way. Um, but I, so it's, and it's, and it's funny. So how, well, I guess, dang, we almost, <laughs> for the sake of time, uh, we're going to take a quick, quick break. We're getting a little bit deep, a little bit we're getting deep a little bit too quick. Uh, but f- uh, for those of you who are listening, uh, just stay tuned. I'm going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back.
we pick our wars, we pick our battles, we pick our arguments, we pick our grudges, but we can't pick our race. We can't pick our ethnicity. There are things we can control and the fate of people should not be one of them. Loki told Thanos you would never be a god. He couldn't be any more right. The same applies to us. We will never be God. We will never eradicate natural disasters or anything God allows or sets in motion. If he could sacrifice for the sake of relationship for everyone, why can't we do the same? Let us love at the expense of our pride, hate, indifference, and worst of all, tradition. Let us make margin in our hearts to serve. I overheard a parent state parents shouldn't raise kids for themselves, but for others. We are here to reflect the master builder, the one who is kind, patient and righteous. There is no justice in killing others because you find fault in their humanity, fault in their original design. I stand in solidarity against hate towards Asians in this particular situation. But most importantly, I stand against hate, period. Who are we to define the value of life specifically since we have no power to create any Minus the hand, the breath, the words of God. And now, back to the episode. And we are back to the latest episode of the Glory in Our Stories. Uh, again, this is me, Calvin Wayne Pennywell Jr. And today I'm with uh, Javaris Jones. Uh, we were just talking about um, one of my favorite, actually uh, most respected movies, uh, Creed 2. Mm-hmm. Um, Creed 1 was, it was good. And I, I ain't gonna lie, I'm not gonna lie, I cried on the first one and the second one, mm-hmm. primarily because of the relationship between Adonis and Rocky and matter of fact Adonis is one of the baby names that we Adrian and I my wife and I chose because we heard that name and we looked at each other yeah that's dope man (laughs) um um but the, the way that Rocky spoke to him like it was just it was to me at least probably to us view it it was always the right thing to say Mm-hmm. And it was those tough moments. And even Rocky was saying, I'm not going to pull you out of this. I'm going to pull you through. Yeah. And if this is what you're going to do, I'm telling you, you're going you're gonna to have to take the beats. You're going to have to take the hurt. And at this point, obviously, not trying to tell the movie, hopefully not, but Rocky is just him. Mm-hmm. You know, his wife is gone. Um, I think that did something happen to his son? Him and... Without really getting too deep, Wait, is into it in Creed too? It he 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 is. The, I'll just say this: um, the the relationship is not the best. Okay. Yeah. Without get spoiling. Yeah. Because <laughs> I remember in one of them, he actually got upset with his with Rocky because he felt like he had to live up to his name, and mm-hmm. even that part, Rocky just told him, "Hey, man, this is up to you. Mm-hmm. You know, that's don't worry about me. It's this is your life." Yeah. Um, but the, and I told, tell people all the time when I see fathers interacting with their kids, small to older, like that touches my heart because at that moment, 
that's all they care. They're all they worried about is making sure that child is okay. Mm-hmm. And I remember years ago, and I stopped talking about this years ago when I worked at Target. There was a girl that you can tell she wasn't feeling well, and she got sick. And all the dad did was say he he put his hand on her stomach. She's like, "You okay?" And she said, "Mm-hmm, okay." And that he didn't get mad at her or nothing. Mm-hmm. He just said, "Are you okay?" He literally got down on the floor, and he put his hand on her back and on her stomach. Say, "Are you okay?" Because mm-hmm. that's all he cared about. And me myself, you know, it was just my mom and my two sisters. Uh, my father has his own story. He has his own reasons. He's a different man now, but back then. Seeing a father in a home, that was different for me. That was like, that's, that can happen? That, that's funny. That's funny you say that because you, you're the youngest, I'm the oldest, but it was my mom and my two sisters were the constant. Yeah. So, yeah. So, like, like you said, not having that and growing up, even into the age that we're not, we are now, and still having that void. And you're like, man, where's, where's this come? Because you think we're older now. It shouldn't be there. Mm-hmm. But my man, our wives, man, like I tell, I started to realize that when the Bible said, "When a man findeth him a wife, he findeth a good thing." That that encompasses everything that you wanted, yeah, and everything you didn't ask for. And they have a way of speaking. And she opened my eyes concerning my relationship with my dad. And mm-hmm. she said something one day. I was like, you know what? I need to approach this differently. Um, but growing up like do you do you if you do you still feel that void or is there something that you've overcome you overcome step by step yeah but i don't think you and i say you speaking of me i don't think i understand how much that void has an impact until i'm in those moments yeah. like like we're talking during the break like when i seen creed 2 in that moment it was just like it hit me it got me emotional because it was like i need a god even to this day, I need a God. I needed one when I was 21, obviously. 25, I'm 35, and I still need one. Yeah. But I'm in charge of, of leading, um, leading a path that I haven't seen trailblaze before me. Mm. And that is something that when you're in a mission, I don't think of my dad at all, but it's just like, all right, I've got to figure this out. Yeah. Um, my best friend, you know, and I don't envy him at all, but like we, we talk about everything and we joke about me not having a dad. It was like, well, I probably wouldn't have made that decision if I didn't have a daddy. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's just how we joke. But, you know, when, when we when he goes through something or and it doesn't have to be anything big, big, small, whatever. It's like I talked to my dad. My dad said this. And it was like, well, <laughs> I'm just over here in this household figuring it out myself. But yeah to answer your question that void it, it appears i think the way that i have gotten through it and not even to be over overly spiritual is just depending on god mm-hmm. um taking it one step at a time and 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 i think you said it earlier just understanding like we we all are in this position at some point of another whether you're young our age or older like it's a constant journey and i keep saying journey because that is like one of my main things going i say the last year or so i've actually started writing the book yeah. meaning it's just in my in my phone and i'm just constantly writing but it's called journey to joy yeah um and one of the things that i want to i'll say just iterate to people is that 
it's a constant journey. It's a constant decision. Like no matter where you are, no matter who you are, no matter what you've been through, we have to make those steps to progress forward on the journey to joy. Um, And I think that's one of the things I have to overcome uh, and have had to overcome is those those spots of, man, I wish my dad was here. Even if I don't think about it like that, internally you're like, I'm missing something in that moment. And I just real quick want to touch on what you said about that, that, that helpmate. Yeah, man, (laughs) I don't think I understood how valuable my wife was. Not that I didn't value her, but I don't I didn't see how valuable she was to my purpose and just me being a man. Mm. Um, And we kind of started this Bible study with our close friends this past weekend. And we talked about Genesis and the creation of man and woman. And for the first time, it dawned on me like when when. You know Moses wrote you know wrote Genesis and whatnot, but when he speaks about man cleaving to mm-hmm. to uh, his wife and you know them cleaving to one another, he's talking about them becoming back one as they was in the beginning, as they were in the beginning. Mm. And I think we miss that because when Adam saw his wife, he's like flesh of my flesh, bone of my bone, pretty much. That is me. That is I won't even say better half. That is like the completion of me. Yeah. And so what you said about about your wife, same thing for my wife. It's just like, man, yeah, she got on my nerves when she said it, but it makes sense. <laughs> and it might take me it for for this control thing. It took me, we married 14 years. It took me year 11, 12 to finally realize what she was saying since 2007, 2008. Wow. But I had to be open. I had to go through some things and and now I'm at a point where God is like bringing it all together and yeah. he's like She's been right the whole time. So, anyways, you 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 said that about about your wife, and I I think when like when a man finds that one, it it is it's it's inexplainable yeah. of um, that completion. So, my bad. <laughs> no, no, no. It's it's funny you said that because we went to a um, uh, a gathering this past weekend, and my her brother with my wife, my her brother was in town. And we wanted to hang out just a little bit longer, but she wanted to go home. So she left. But I kid you not, when she left, I was sitting there, and I was like, something's missing. <laughs> and I was like, dang, it's her. Like, it's, I felt a part of, my, part of me leave. And I was like, man, I, this is real. Like, mm-hmm. I've, because there, there are moments where you don't, you want to be somewhere outside of your spouse. Mm-hmm. But at that moment, because when we go out sometimes, we just click. It just, we know how to read each other. We And it just, when one leaves, you start thinking, I miss I miss them. Mm-hmm. Um, but going back to that, you just, you don't, you just don't know. You just automatically, and, and not having that example of a husband. Like, how does, what does this look like? How does this work? We, I, I don't know. It's, I'm still learning. Mm-hmm. And there was, and there was something that, Unique said, he said, yo, I'm still learning. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yo, that's heavy for yeah. a pastor to say, I'm still learning. I still mess up. Mm-hmm. And we need to hear that to remind us, like you said, this is a journey that is going to continue and never assume that it just stops. Yeah, It just keeps going. It, it, it doesn't stop. And that that awareness of I'm a flawed person, 
Yeah. Uh, I struggle. I, I think for me, for, for my story, it's always been one of struggle that leads to a greater success. Yeah. And obviously nobody wants to, to struggle and, and have flaws, and I have plenty of them every single day. You can ask my kids, my wife. <laughs> um, but to the outside, people who at work and, and people, you know, I, I coach, uh, not since I've been back in, in Augusta, but just in general, I, I coach basketball and I, I consider myself a, a mentor and a leader. Mm-hmm. Um, people who see me and they, they're always like, like, how can I say it without sounding cocky? Like they, they always approach me like I know it or, or like yeah. I have it all together. And it's like, I talked talk to my wife the other day and it was like, do you get that when people just talk about whether it's our family, our marriage or one of us? And it's just like, we want, we aspire to be where y'all at. And she's like, yeah, I get that. And I was like, I always get that feeling of no, like I'm just a person. I make mistakes. And she said something that was so to me was so profound it was like don't don't shun that and i'm paraphrasing but pretty much don't shun that they see something in us that god has placed that we have to be good stewards about Mm -hmm. and i think that's where i have i'm learning to accept the flaws but don't denigrate self in the process of that if that makes any sense where you have to accept the flaws but at the same time know that god has purposed you for something greater when um, the best compliment that my wife has ever given me, she probably didn't say it verbatim, but she saw God in me. And wow. that was, because when she said that, I looked at my life now, at that point, at that moment, all the way back to like when I was a teenager. And I'm like, out of, despite all of that, you see God in me? Mm. So that's when I knew that that wasn't just her saying, that was him. Mm-hmm. And it is, for, on the, it's kind of scary because you're like, number one, you, you want to probably maintain this humble mentality and don't want to get so caught up in that. But when those moments come and people's like, yo, you do this, you have this attribute, you have this characteristic, and I'm like, I'm just being me. Mm-hmm. But that's what God wants us to be, is be ourselves. Mm-hmm. Because by being ourselves, we align with the vessel that we were created to be. Mm. And I didn't think I could be one. Because I, I was very insecure when I was a kid. I had low self-esteem. And my mom, you know, being a mom, she... You know, she would say certain things like, you're my baby and all this stuff. You know, that's what you expect. Mm -hmm. But for somebody to come into your life and say, you know, you might want to, I see this in you, but it can be better. Yeah. So this is what you can do to make it better. I felt like I needed that back then. So to not have that the way I thought I should have, only to get to the point to marry my wife and her tell me, like, yo, I see God in you. Mm. And that was something that I was struggling with years ago. And it happened before I proposed. But in that moment, I thought she was going to leave me. Like, I was already prepared. We, had a, we met up, talked about it. It was the most uh, excruciating conversation we've ever had. But within that moment, she literally said, Satan, you can't have him. And that's the first woman 
that has ever took up for me like that. And I was like, man, yeah, I ain't, I ain't going. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she got me. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not going anywhere. So, I, I, I just real quick, you said, you said a lot of great things, but one of the things I took away from what you said is, God doesn't see us the way that we see ourselves sometimes. Yeah. And I know we usually see that from a from a negative perspective like we a lot of people say I see myself as being up here and God has to humble you but I think for people like me and you and a lot of and a lot of others out there you know God knows the flaws he knows our struggles he knows you know the beginning from the end but he doesn't always see us the way that we see ourselves and that should give us confidence um, to carry forward in whatever aspect knowing that he will guide our paths Um, And for me, I think that's that's what's been the main thing as of late. It's just knowing that God knows all he sees all and he loves us and he he sees what we don't see. Mm -hmm. He views us in a different light. And sometimes we we have the nerve to try to hide it. And I'm like, man, he sees he knows. I mean, you were he knew. And that was and I guess that's the beautiful thing about going even back to uh, Genesis. He. He he ends before he he ends something before it starts, so he he created the world, then he created man and woman, and then he rested, and then life began. He completed everything already, and then life began for us. Mm-hmm. And with uh, with that, like I remember, um, I was reading with over uh, about Samson, and like I think it's. Um, I think it was the Judges. I think it's, I think it's Judges 13, verse 7. I might be wrong. But it's the story of Samson. And in the beginning, it talks about his mom and what she had to do. She couldn't eat this, couldn't, eat this, couldn't drink that because mm-hmm. you're about to give birth to a Nazarite. But it said Samson was a Nazarite of God from birth to death. But we haven't even got into his story yet. <laughs> so I'm like, you've already mapped out his life but he never he was a Nazarite of God his entire life which means that God already knew he was going to um, be seduced by Delilah he already knew he was going to lose his hair yeah. he already knew he was going to lose his eyes and he knew he was going to be weak but he also knew he was going to come back mm. but and just like you said having somebody that, that's able to see all our flaws and still love us, but only look and say, I'm, I'm not worried about all that. I'm worried about this person that I made, you know, before. You know, I knew you before you were formed in your, in your mother's war. Like, I see all of that. Mm-hmm. And just not realizing that to have somebody that loves you that much to the point where he gives you a family. You know, he gives you a wife despite the things that we lacked yeah. when we were kids. And so I know, and I, and I'm pretty, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. I know you, sometimes you say to yourself, I don't deserve this because I feel that way now. And I, and I don't have kids yet. All and the I, time. I'm barely been married one year. So I can only imagine. And I, and I mean this with all my heart, bro. Like I commend you for getting even to this point and still realizing that you, it need, you need more than yourself mm-hmm. to, con, to continue mm-hmm. your journey. I, I appreciate it. It's humbling. It's something that I take serious. Uh, and when when we do make those mistakes, it, it is it it feels tragic because it's like I failed. Yeah. And God is like, but you haven't. 
you just tripped. You didn't. You didn't. You haven't failed. Yeah. Um. And I'm going to make sure you don't fail. As long as you stay connected to me, you you can't fail. You will make mistakes, but that's where I come in to show you your weakness, so that I can be proved strong. And yeah. so yeah, it's humbling. Um. And yeah, it, it's definitely humbling. Um. You all keep listening. We're going to take another quick break, um, and we'll be right back. Yo, what up to you guys, listeners? Yo, so... I just wanted to throw out there that, uh, as you know, I do have a book that came out last year uh, during the onset of the pandemic titled Resignation. It's a poetry chat book. Uh, it took me 10 years uh, to finalize it, but only took me just a few to write it. But I finally put it out there. Um, so I just wanted to uh, you know, put in a plug saying that I am working on my sophomore chat book. Um, I will give more details later but if you are interested in still uh, purchasing the first chat book just let me know you can message me uh, you can email me at mrpennywell8 at gmail.com you can look me up on Facebook Instagram let me know um, if you're curious uh, about the content of my journey um, into manhood over the last decade so again putting together a, a sophomore chapbook of poetry looking forward to you all reading it i'm really excited about it so look out for that uh but continue to listen to the latest episode of the glory in our stories stretch of uh, the latest episode of glory in our stories um again i usually have preset questions um uh, based off the initial conversation that i have with the individual but i guess i'll ask this what do you find yourself pouring into younger men that you come across when you do have teachable moments whether it's teach uh coaching uh talking to your kids uh, or just talking to somebody uh, that you don't know i think it, it it depends on the situation i'm always a, a person of discipline mm -hmm. um i think discipline is key uh without discipline you're you're liable um to to go astray yeah um so i i teach discipline but i also teach what I, I I seldomly give to self and that's grace mm -hmm. I, I, won't, I won't say that I give grace to them in a way that I don't give to myself and so in that moment I think I'm teaching them that and I always go back to coaching where I'm 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 a yeller I'm the yelling coach yeah I'm, I'm the structured coach we doing this right baseline we're gonna run suicide <laughs> but they know that I care yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm in the trenches with them. I'm, I'm laughing and joking with them. Um, and I got a little game, too, so they respect me because I can play. But uh, <laughs> what I try to do is balance that discipline with with love and with care. Uh -huh. um, 
and so with my kids themselves, and I'm, I'm going around, but I'm answering your question, which is, um, my, I always joke with my wife, it's like, why do they always want to be around me? Like, why do they want to poke the dragon? Like, <laughs> my oldest son, like, I, when he was younger, with, with my youngest ones, I'm kind of a little bit lenient. Yeah. With him, I was, I was, I was real hard on, but he always wants to be around me. And I was like, I'm like, why? I don't get it because I see the flaws in me. I see uh, yeah. this and that. Um, and my wife is like, because he knows you love him. He knows you care. Mm-hmm. And same thing with, with the boys that I've coached. It's like, I'm thinking when they see me you know, in the store or whatnot, they'll be like, oh, they go Coach Jones, let's go the other way. They come up to me. And it's because I, they respect the discipline, but they know that I care about them so they can accept the discipline so I think what I try to give to young men to people in general is that discipline uh, through truth um, but also that that grace and that love and that care yeah that's uh that makes a huge because that's one thing huge difference because I've learned that about uh, my wife because we were one thing we have to constantly remind each other that we're on the same team Mm -hmm. so if I say something that challenges you it's not to make you to be something that I want you to be, but it's I see something. Yep. But it could it could be better. It could be sharpened. And um, kids can tell when you're authentic, when you actually care. Mm, that's a good word, authentic. Yeah. They 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 see it, and when you are able to do that as well as guide them, that's a dead. That's a good deadly. <laughs> combination because you got a hold of them in a way that a lot of people aren't able to and specifically being a coach and being somebody that's teaching um, a young person how to maneuver through the rules of this of this idea or even this sport or this concept but you're also able to interject um, like you said grace and ideas that help build the person opposed to just the athlete mm-hmm. and um yeah like kids kids pay attention to that and what's what's crazy is because i thought it was just specific for me to coaching yeah but i even see that with with adults uh with people i have friends i have people that are not friends like just people i work with yeah. like they come to me for advice and i'm just like i I'm always nervous because I'm like, I don't know if I'm giving the right thing, but I go into what I call Kobe mode yeah. and I forget. And it's just like, I, I, I forget. of I, I'm no longer nervous and I'm, no, I'm now acting in my purpose, which mm-hmm. is leading people. Yeah. Um, and that's why I keep saying leadership because I think God has made clear it's not the title. It's not the position of coach. It's not your position of flight chief at work. It's not, mm-hmm. you know, father and husband i've called you to lead and i've equipped you to lead the way that you are which is through discipline through through just your your authenticity yeah and the thing that i need you to understand is i've equipped you with everything that you need the only thing you got to do is stay close to me and take that step and the issue for me and which i'm learning in my story is to just take that next step because he's already planned it out. He's already, he already has the people that you need to contact, come in contact with. He mm-hmm. even has the, um, 
the words for you to say, kind of like Moses. Like, when you get there, I'll tell you what to say. The Spirit will teach you what you yeah. need to say. And the last thing I'll say is Moses is one of my favorite people because of I see myself in him. Mm-hmm. He wasn't sure of himself. God chose him. I feel like God has chosen me for what reason. I have no idea. Yeah. But he's, a, he's one of the greatest leaders outside of Christ, in my opinion, that, that is in the Bible of he was called to lead a nation mm-hmm. and not just uh, physically, but he challenged them. He helped them grow and he established them in a way that without him, I don't think that they get to. Obviously, with God, they will. But you get what I'm saying? Yeah. And I, I see that that's my purpose is to lead starting at home. Well, starting with Christ, starting at home um, and then branching out from there. Well, uh, I appreciate everything uh, that you've said. I appreciate your honesty. Um, I appreciate your vulnerability. And I appreciate the example that you're setting simply by being yourself, being a husband, being a father, being a coach, being a mentor, uh, being a friend, um, and even still being a son. Mm -hmm. Um, Something, my mom, I was having some trouble about a year ago uh, and I had reached out to my mom and she said, because <laughs> my family calls me CJ because of Calvin Jr. But she said, CJ, just focus on being a good husband, a good son, and a good brother. And she left it at that. Mm. And I was expecting mom to give me more. <laughs> but she was like, no, just because that was her way of saying, just be what you are. Be what God created you to be. And let him handle all this other stuff. Absolutely. Because I can tell you trying to control, mm-hmm. but you can't. And the more you try to do that, the more you jack it up. So just leave it alone. <laughs> so that that's the one thing I got from her. And um, and it's funny because the beautiful thing about Moses. I Man, I thought when Moses was living his purpose, as in when he decided to go back. Mm-hmm after having his creating his family i thought he was our age mm. but i was like no nah, bro he was like in his 80s or something i'm like are you serious so god waited 40 years bro and i was that that blew my mind because he was like i'm 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 ready when you are puts things in perspective don't yeah it? man 40 years and i think at that time moses had grandkids yeah but even then he's like now you ready? So, um, wow, that just helped me. I ain't <laughs> Forty years, bro, and I was like, man, that's that's crazy. So, uh, but I I thank you so much, Javaris. I thank you for responding. Oh, definitely, man. Oh man, I was and I I I was so excited because I just love hearing other men's perspectives because we don't have the same shoes, we don't have the same path, we don't have the same journeys, we don't have the same choices. But one thing that we do have in common is our inherited and innate ability to be leaders mm-hmm. and we can be different leaders and God can still use the tools that we have and still use those scars that were created by our bad choices scars that we bear and scars that other people bear and when you get to that point you're like you know what I don't know if this is right I don't know if this is perfect but I know somebody who is so Absolutely. this makes it even easier. 
So, uh, again, man, I appreciate it. Appreciate your time. I just thank you for the opportunity, and I I love what you're doing, man. We'll we'll talk afterwards, but, man, I I appreciate the opportunity, and I appreciate who you are. Uh, No problem. Uh, For those of you who are listening, this is the latest episode of the Glory Night Stories uh, with Mr. Javaris Jones. Yo, TGOS listeners, thank you for listening in. Tune in next time for the latest episode of the Glory Night Stories.